Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Bless you, Father. We worship you, our God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father, for all the prayers that you have answered. All the things you have spared us from, sustaining us and keeping us until this present hour. And we thank you that you who have brought us thus far, you'll take us the rest of the way. Hallelujah. By your grace, by your goodness, by your faithfulness, we will complete our course. We will finish our course. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. You need to become convinced that you're going to make it all the way. Hmm? You know, some, some years ago, I, I became convinced of that. And it's not because I, I think I'm so smart or I do everything perfect. Or I have faith in his love for me and his commitment to me. That if I, if I make mistakes, if I fall, he'll pick me up. If I fall ten times, he'll pick me up ten times. If I'm not getting it, he'll tell me again. If I'm still not getting it, he'll turn the volume up. If I'm still not getting it, he'll have people come by me and say, Hey, Keith, and by his grace, I'm going to make it. How about you? You need, to, you need to believe it. Come on, say it out loud. By his grace, I'm going to make it. All the way. All the way. All the way. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to stretch out and hit the finish line. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, do you believe that you can hear in the next few minutes, not from a man, but from God? Can you hear from him answers to questions? Exactly what you need right now. So let's agree. Uh, there's been prayer, but let's agree in a prayer of agreement about this. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree as touching this, asking you for utterance, anointing, for ears to hear and eyes that can see, hearts that can discern and understand, asking you for a supply of the Spirit for exactly what you know we need right now, that which would uh, uh, deliver us from any hindrances, restore us from any damage, that which would add to us and bring us up to the next level and the next place. We ask for it in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. Thanks, guys. Sure appreciate that good singing and playing, don't we? It's a blessing, blessing. Thank you. It uh, has indeed been a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Uh, in your great city, in your great country. This is my first time. 
to uh, Australia. And uh, I, I'm so blessed to see what the Lord is doing in your midst and how he's blessing you, helping you. And how many believe he's not done? He's got a lot more. He's got a lot more he wants to do with you and for you and through you before uh, you finish your course. If you uh, if, uh, also thank you, let me say before I get into this, and uh, thank you for sowing into uh, the ministry. Uh, our partners, and uh, perhaps some of you are word sender partners with us. Uh, well, I've had people tell me that you are. And uh, our word sender partners sent us on this entire Asia Pacific trip. This is our second stop. Then we're going to one more place before we go home to Samoa. And um, our entire travel and was paid for before we left home. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that a blessing? By our partners. By our partners. And so what you have sown into us now will enable us to take trips after that and send materials after that. And so uh, thank you for believing in us and, and being a part of this. And I'm convinced that past this life, we are going to be so glad that we sowed into the kingdom of God. There are going to be people in heaven run up to you and hug you. And you'll go, who are you? <laughs> but you won't be scared. You're in heaven, right? It's this, there, there are no bad parts of town in heaven. And, and, you go, and they will thank you for sending the word to them. And you didn't even know they existed. But uh, these things are forever. And it's an eternal reward. If you would go in the scriptures, please, uh, this morning to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. And we've already prayed, and you're believing that the Lord is giving us utterance. And you're hearing uh, not just what, what I'm saying, but you're hearing from Him what He's saying to you and about what's being said. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, a very familiar verse of scripture to people in our camp, he said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, other verses say, the just shall live by faith. And uh, this describes two completely different ways of living, functioning. Two completely different ways of responding to things in life, of dealing with things in life. The unsaved and the unenlightened, they walk by sight all the time. Don't realize they're walking by sight. That's all they do, all they know to do. And sadly, many, many Christians just primarily walk by sight. But for those that'll receive it, there's another way to live. It's living by faith, which is not walking by sight. So say it out loud with me a couple of times. I walk, I walk. by faith, by faith. not by sight. by sight. Let's say it out loud together a couple more times. I walk by faith, not by sight. How do you do it? I walk by faith, 
not by sight. Now, by sight refers to the sense realm. What we see, what we feel, it also refers to all of the reasonings and you might even call them emotions and feelings that are attached to what we see and feel in this realm. And uh, an important thing to know about faith is that it is a choice. Faith is a choice. You choose to believe. You'll hear sometimes people say, well, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I'm educated, whatever. I'm sorry, I can't believe that. I can't believe in God. I can't believe in that scripture. And that simply is not true. There's no such thing as a person who can't believe. By, by nature, by reason I should say, of the nature of faith. Faith is not based on anything you see. <laughs> it's not based on uh, what's revealed to the senses. But what they should say is I choose not to believe. I choose not to believe. Faith is a choice. Unbelief is a choice. And we're responsible for our choices. Walking by faith is a choice. If you back up earlier in this passage, this wasn't written in chapter and verse, but this chapter 5 and 7 was a development of what he was saying in chapter 4. In verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Now notice, not knowledge of faith, but spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. Faith is, is not of the head. You don't believe God with your intellect. Faith is not of the mind. Romans 10 says, for with the heart man believes. It's not a matter of analyzing and coming to a conclusion. It's not a matter of reasoning. It's a choice of the heart to trust, to accept and believe and trust. It's a choice. It's a choice. And you know, to... To think that your, your intellect and understanding is equal to God's <laughs> is delusional and some kind of arrogant pride. Well, why would you say that, Brother Keith? Because, uh, you know, people examine the Word and say, well, that, that doesn't even make sense or there are contradictions and disagreements in the Scripture. Uh, no, no, honey child. It's just you're not enlightened enough to see what he's saying. Anybody that has walked with the Lord long enough, you begin to see things and you go, oh, that's what that meant. And then this goes with this, and then this goes with that. But if you approach it from a standpoint of imagining yourself to have as much understanding as God, 
and not trusting him, to you the Bible will be a closed book. And even precious anointed preaching and teaching will be to you foolishness. And it's not because that's what it is. It's just because that's how blind you'll be spiritually, completely oblivious. People say, well, show me, prove to me, and I'll believe. That's not how it works. You believe first as a choice. Then things will be revealed to you. Then you'll begin to see. Then you'll begin to understand. To an unbeliever, the Bible is a closed book. But Romans says, first chapter, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's, uh, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's revealed how? From faith to faith. Uh, I know I had the privilege of working Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, uh, actually under Miss Patsy in healing school for a number of years. And had the, had the privilege of working uh, in the healing school with Brother Hagin's materials. They, uh, part of my job for a little while was monitoring uh, the tapes and that had been, this was back before VHS, they had those great big beta tapes. And, and part of my job was taking them home and, and watching them. That's a good job, isn't it? And then I was also in, in the services. Well, as I was watching one of these one day, Brother Hagin was teaching on something so amazingly. And, and man, there were some things I got excited about. And, and uh, I thought, that's amazing. I, how have I never heard that? I must have not been there that day. I must have, because it was healing school. And it was during the time I was there. I thought, where was I? And about that time, the camera panned around, and there I was. <laughs> On the front row. I thought, no, no. How can that be? I was there. I was awake. I was nodding my head and taking notes. But I didn't hear that. Somebody say, from faith to faith. When your faith is at a certain level, you hear at a level. Come on, are you with me? When you grow in faith, you hear things you hadn't heard before. When the same, from the same verses, from the same messages. That's why it's possible you can have two people sitting in the same service and one of them leave bored and the other one leave with their life forever changed by the glory and power of God. And they heard the same thing and yet they didn't hear the same thing. Can you have ears but not hear? What makes a hearing ear? Because, you know, Jesus would tell people, him that has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, probably most all of them had these things on the side of their head. What, what's he talking about? What makes a hearing ear? A, I would say two big things, not the few, these are the only two things, a believing heart and a willing heart. If your heart, if you've made a choice to believe what the Lord is telling you, you'll hear it. And if you're willing to do what he tells you to do, now get this everybody, before you hear it. <laughs> you know, if you're not willing, there's a lot of times the Lord, it's hard for him to even talk to you because he knows if he told you certain things, you wouldn't do it anyway. And so a lot of times it's mercy 
that he gives you some time to change your heart, make an adjustment. I actually had the Lord say this to me one time about hearing from him. He said, uh, you can pick up the plan on the willing band. <laughs> what, what does that mean? You can pick up the plan, God's plan, on the willing band. You know, like, like radio frequencies. You got the AM band. You got the FM band. Well, if you're trying to pick up an FM station, but you're on the AM band, huh? And, and you, you can say, well, what's wrong with the FM station? You're on the AM band. I can't pick it up. They must not be broadcasting. No, what I need is, is, is bigger antenna on my car. So you put you some big whip antennas. And you buy you some amps. And you even, you even pull up your car next to the station and put your bumper up against the station. and You got it cranked up and it, it sounds like you're frying bacon three uh, blocks away. But I understand you will get nothing. You will pick up nothing until you're on the correct band. And if you're unwilling and don't want to hear it, you won't get it. If you don't believe it, you won't get it. But you can make an adjustment in your heart. Hallelujah. And tune in and become willing and believing and you'll find out he was trying to talk to you all the time. Amen. Nothing wrong with the broadcasting station. And he's broadcasting 24-7. Around the world, all the time. To anybody who has ears to hear it. Who's attuned to receive it. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and say it by faith. The Lord knows your heart whether you know, anybody else does or not. He knows your heart. Say it out loud. I choose. I choose to do your will. Do your will. By, faith, By faith, I say, I say I'm, willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to do your will, O oh God. You know, Jesus said, I delight to do thy will, O oh God. And, and, and you, can, you can adjust your heart as an act of faith. I know, oh, this must have been 35 years ago or so now earlier days of our ministry, I was in my car by myself and I was waiting at a, a signal light to change and I had this grand revelation. I mean, it dawned on me, this was it. God is smarter than me. <laughs> you might say, you didn't, you didn't know that before. Well, if you'd have asked me, yes, but it, it dawned on me in a way that I hadn't seen it before. What do you mean? He made me. He, he knows his plan for me. He knows where I fit and where I don't. He knows where I'm graced and where I'm not. He, he knows where, what's right for me and what's not right for me. And I need to trust that, that he's smarter than me. And so, if I've got something built up in my mind and thoughts that I want to do, and I think, and I think, Lord, this is what I want to do, this is it, and he says to me, no, that's not what I want you to do. What should I believe? Come on, help me out. What should I believe? God's smarter than me. Is that right? 
If he says, no, that's not, that's not what I have for you, that's not what I want for you, it, your flesh can still want it, and your mind can still want it, but you can make a choice. You can say, uh, yeah, okay, uh, you're right, Lord. If you say that's not right for me, then that's not right for me. You are right. You're smarter than me. And, and your head will say, yeah, but that's what I wanted, always wanted to do. You say, shut up. <laughs> shut up. God's smarter than you. <laughs> or the other way around. You know, if you, you may say for years, you know, no, that's not me. No, that's not for me. That's not right for me. And the Lord says, I want you to do that. You go, right. Right. <laughs> now that you mention it, that's the thing. And your head and your flesh is going, no, no, no. You say, shut up. God is smarter than you. I delight to do thy will. You can choose as an act of your will to align with his will no matter how the rest of you feels. It's a choice. So say it out loud. Lord, I trust you. You're smarter than me. I delight. To do thy will, O oh God. You can, ch you can change just as an act of your will and agree with him. Agree with him. He's always right. Have you found this to be true? Anytime you disagree with him, you're wrong. Every time. No exceptions. <laughs> Smart people agree with him. Hallelujah. We having the what? Same spirit of faith. Not, not knowledge of faith. Spirit of faith. It's a heart thing, not a head thing. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Use your understanding, but that's not what you go by when you make the decision. You go by your heart. Now in verse 8, He's describing this living by faith and the spirit of faith. All of this goes together. He says this in verse 8, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Now, if some people had heard that, you know, faith and confession people had heard that today, they might have wrote back to Paul and said, Paul, quit saying that. Don't be confessing that you're troubled. But that would just show their lack of understanding of faith. Faith is not a denial of what's going on around you. Faith is a godly response to what's going on. Y'all with me? For instance, Scripture did not say, uh, call those things that are as though they are not. Hmm? Romans didn't say, call those things that are as though they are not. Some people might say, well, you know, things that are as though they're not, things that are not as though they are, pretty much the same, right? No. No, not the same. <laughs> call it, faith calls those things that are not as though they were. You might say, well, what's the difference? Let me give, let me give you an example. Let's say you got pain in your body, symptoms, problems in your body, and there's pain there. Calling something that is as though it's not would be like this. You get up and you're hurting, you go, I have no pain. 
I have no pain. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually known of some foolish people that got behind on their payments, and the creditors called them. <laughs> and they said, who's this? Yeah, when are you going to pay your bills? Oh, I have no bills in Jesus' name. <laughs> And that's what gives the rest of us a bad name and a bad reputation. If you got bills, you got bills. If you got trouble, you got trouble. Come y'all with me. If you got pain, you got pain. And, and think about this now. If you go around and half the time you're saying, I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no, uh, I have no, uh, I have no pain. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Pain, you're hearing about pain, pain, pain. You got pain on the brain. And that's not what the Lord told you to do. What did he tell you to do? He didn't say, you go around saying, I have no bills. I have no pain. I have no trouble. That's calling something that is as though it's not, and it's not faith. If you're hurting, if you're sick, I've got symptoms of sickness, what's not? Healing is not. Wholeness, soundness is not. If your bills are not paid, what's not? Well, them being paid, the money being there, what is not. So it's right and it's faith to say I call my bills paid. Not I don't have any bills. I call them. So say, yeah, but they're not paid. That's why you're calling them paid. <laughs> if they're already paid, you wouldn't need to call them paid. And I call my body healed. I call my body whole. I call my body strong. Talk to your organs. Talk to your kidneys. Talk to your uh, liver. Talk to your lungs. Talk to your blood. Blood, I call you clear. Hmm? You can rule and reign in life by faith-filled words in the authority in the name of Jesus. If you got something that's not working right, don't call it your bum knee, your bad elbow, don't, if you decree a thing, that's what it is. No, call it healed. Call it strong. Call it clear. Uh, the Lord, Lord's doing something right now. The Lord's doing something right now in this midst. Lay your hands on yourself. Lay your hands. Healing is working right now in our midst. Said out loud. And, and if this is not you, of course, you might not know whether it is or not. You know, one of the wonderful things God does is he heals people before they ever know they had a problem. And that could be the case, or you're just joining faith with other people in the room. Said out loud, I call my kidneys clear and healed in the name of Jesus. Kidneys, be clear and be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Said out loud, blood. Be cleansed. Be cleared. I call you healthy and clear and clean in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, just thank him for it. Believe that healing anointing comes into your body in the name of Jesus. Put your hands on your, on your hips if you can. Hallelujah. Don't, don't call your hips worn out hips and worn out sockets and 
arthritic and don't, don't call it that. Say it out loud in Jesus' name. Hips be restored. Bone, ligament, muscle be healed, be made strong, be restored, be rebuilt, be knitted together. In Jesus' name, I call you healed. Healed, healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healing is happening. Healing is happening. Healing is happening. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The Lord is also healing lungs. Put your hands on your chest. Maybe one on your back if that's the way it needs to be. Say it out loud. Lungs. Be clear. Be cleansed, be restored, be healed. I call you healthy. I call you clean. I call you whole in Jesus' name. Now take a deep breath. Take a deep, a deep breath and believe you receive the anointing when you do. Take another one. Take a deep breath. Believe you receive healing in your lungs. All the way down deep to the very bottom of your lungs, cleansed. The Lord can, even if lungs have been damaged by decades of smoking or by other things, God can cleanse it like it's baby flesh. If you'll just receive it right now. Don't say, well, yeah, but I made mistakes and I have to live with it. I've sowed it. I have to reap it. No, not if somebody else reaped it for you. You don't have to reap it. By the mercy of God, you can be clean and healed. Same thing with your liver. Maybe you were a heavy drinker. Maybe you did a bunch of drugs or whatever, whatever other thing. You don't have to live with a diseased liver. Your, your life doesn't have to be cut short. Say it out loud. Put your hands on your body again. Yes. Say in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Liver. liver. Be cleansed. Yes. Be quickened. Yes. Be healed. Yes. In the name yes. of Jesus. Oh, praise God. Believe healing power comes into your liver. Comes into your liver. Comes into your, all your organs and your glands. Right now, right now, right now, you don't have to live with deficiencies. You don't have to live with damage. Jesus is the healer, always has been, always will be. He's no respecter of persons. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Come on, say nothing, nothing, nothing is too hard for the Lord, nothing. It's too hard for him. Praise God. Some, some have had weak legs. So put your hand on your, on your legs. It's affected your walking. You don't have to have weak legs. These legs need to last you another 50 years. <laughs> another 60 years. Another 70 years. It's too early for you to be talking about weak legs. Stumbling around. 
No, speak to them. Say, in Jesus' name. Legs. I call you strong. Be strengthened. Be restored. In the name of Jesus. Legs. You'll serve me well. My whole life long. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Some have been troubled with severe headaches. Severe headaches. Migraines whatever else is in that area. And it's not the will of God. You don't have to have that. You don't have to be incapacitated ever so often because of that. You do need to make some changes. Because, you know, you can be healed, but if you don't change what was allowing it to happen and causing it to happen, it'll come right back in a short amount of time. We were not designed to carry care. We cannot handle it. What am I talking about? Anxiety. Anxiety and fear and worry will age you prematurely. It will age and weaken your immune system. It will open you up to all manner of problems. Stomach problems, brain problems. And you have to get serious about casting your cares over on the Lord that you're not going to worry and you're not going to judge other people. Come on, are y'all with me? Faith works by love and a whole lot of things are none of your business. Come on, are y'all with me? When people say, what do you think about what they've done? You don't need to have an opinion. You need to say, that's between them and the Lord. Well, I think they really messed up. Well, you've really messed up too. And I've really messed up too. So we're all in the same boat. Right? We are commanded not to judge because we are not qualified to judge. We don't know people's hearts. We don't know how they got there. They may have already repented and got it right with God by the time you found out about it. Right? So what in the world would you be judging them for? You don't even know what's going on. We're not qualified. Hmm? And also, if you judge, you will be judged. It opens you up to that coming on you. So no, there's a lot of things you should not even be in your pretty little head. They shouldn't be in your little brain. Because <laughs> they can cause you brain problems and head problems. Or you can just keep having problems the rest of your life. Come on, close your eyes. Put your hands on your head. Say it out loud. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be full of anxiety. Or fear. The Lord commanded me. Not to be afraid. And to cast all my cares. Over on him. I choose to do it. Not just now. 
but tomorrow and in the days to come. I refuse to worry. I refuse to fear. I refuse to yield to anxiety. Oppression, heaviness, leave me in Jesus' name. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that passes understanding, keeping my heart and my mind. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the peace of God is coming on my hearts and minds right now. Right now. Let, it, let the washing of the water of the Word and the washing and regenerating of the Holy Spirit Come over, oh my, 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 my. God is healing what is the precursor of Alzheimer's. He's healing it right now so that these individuals will never even have it. Glory to God. There's been damage because any number of things said out loud, I receive into my brain. I receive into my brain healing. Healing. Oh, hallelujah. Let his peace is his healing. He told the woman with the issue of blood, go in peace and be whole. There is healing in his peace. Don't be looking around. Don't be arguing or don't be in your head and, and mentally analyzing anything right now. That means you'd miss the whole thing. Get your, get your mind quiet and in your heart say, I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. Parts of the brain are being restored so that you will not have trouble with that in the future. Somebody needs to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, my good master. Thank you for your mercies and grace. Now, this is something else that you need to be serious about. Just close your eyes and say it out loud. Father, forgive me for judging others. They're not my servants. They're your servants. And who am I to judge another man's servant? It's not for me. And I purpose in time to come to leave it between you and them. It's not for me. Ha, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, if you accept them and if you forgive them, that's good enough for me. I accept them. I forgive them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Let's just, just lift your hands and thank him some more. Let's, he's ministering right now. He's doing things in our midst. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, O oh God. Hallelujah. One of the things we need to do in calling those things that be not as though they were is calling our marriages strong. Hallelujah. Saying good things over our spouse, regardless of how they may have been acting 
Are y'all with me? Many marriage problems are self-inflicted. They are caused by the, the, the scripture said, such shall have trouble in the flesh. The more in the flesh husbands and wives are, the more immature they are, the, the less they walk in love, the more trouble they will have. The more we grow up and the more we walk in love, the less trouble we have. Amen. Strife is an indication of being spiritual babies. No matter who you think you are, how much scripture you quote, strife, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about it. It indicates being babies in the Lord. Mature Christians don't live in strife. Come on, are y'all with me? One thing you need to remember about your spouse, your children too, you don't own them. They belong to the Lord. Hmm? They are not yours to control. Hmm? Uh, men, your wife is not your property to domineer and control. Y'all with me or not? You say, well, what if, what if she won't listen to me? Well, then she doesn't listen to you. Well, I thought I'm supposed to be the head and I'm supposed to lead. What if she won't follow me? Well, then she won't follow you. But you are not to try to make her. Anybody listening or not? You are not to try to, you know, you're going to make somebody do something. That's devilish. I said, that's devilish. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He's not the good cowboy. The cowboy drives the herd. Huh? The Lord doesn't drive us. He's the good shepherd. He leads. He calls us. But it's completely up to us whether we follow or not. And that's the same thing is true with pastors. You're not supposed to try to make your people do anything. You lead, they follow if they want to. If they don't, they don't. If you're as the head of the house, you lead, they follow or they won't. Ladies, your husband is not your child. <laughs> Are y'all with me? You're not his mother. <laughs> Let him be a man. Come on, are y'all with me? He's not yours to control either. And he's not supposed to submit to you and follow you around and let you lead him by the nose. And you are not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so many marriage problems are self-inflicted. People getting in the flesh. People being demanding. Demanding. Gonna, gonna make you do something. Gonna nag you until you do it. Gonna yell at you until you do it. Gonna, that's devilish. It's the enemy who is a coercer and a forcer. Not God. How did we get into all this? 
Well, we're talking about calling those things that be not as though they were. And the Spirit of God is ministering in specific areas. Don't call your husband hard-headed unless you want hard-headed for the rest of your life. Don't call your wife a nag. Hmm? Call those things that be not, that you see not yet, as what? Come on, married people, let me help you out. Say, <coughs> ladies, ladies, say this. Let me lead you. Say, I have the most wonderful husband. He's so smart. He's so smart. <laughs> Full of wisdom and grace. Anointed of God. He loves me so. He's an amazing man of God. Oh, somebody said, and good looking, yeah. There you go. Sorry, I left that part out. You are right. And good looking. <laughs> Men, said out loud, my wife is a gift of God. She's so amazing. Full of wisdom. Brilliantly smart. Beautiful. Graced. Grace. She's a gift from God. She is a gift from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now it takes faith to say that when somebody just got in the flesh and acted like a heathen. Right? Anybody can say that when it looks that way and feels that way, but when they have had a bad day and they lost it or whatever they did, you don't have to say it in front of them necessarily. But you go around the corner, don't speak evil over your marriage. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Come on, can you see this? Yeah. Don't do it. Say, so I have a, and it's, it's actually, a lot of times people will get together, ladies will get together, and they'll talk about their spouses. Guys do it sometimes. And they tell about their husband's faults and they tell about their wife's mistakes. That is unfaithfulness. That is being unfaithful. Y'all with me, friends? And it's also a reason why a lot of times spouses don't trust each other because they find out about these things and how you, you know, uh, exposed is the word, how you exposed their failures and their mistakes in front of people, that's not love, my friend. Right? Love does what? Covers. I'm not talking about lying for, for somebody. You don't lie for anybody, but you don't have to tell everything you know, and you don't bring up things. Come on, you are with me. And a lot of times you just say, well, that's between me and them. That's between us. Right? And a lot of things in marriage should be between you two. And that's it. That's it. Wow. Didn't intend to get into this today. I got a good faith message right over, right over there. <laughs> We're talking about calling those things which be not as though they were. Somebody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. Go to Hebrews 11. Let's see if we can go on with this. If not, we'll just get back. What time am I supposed to be done? I didn't ask. What? Two o'clock. <laughs> that, that, that don't sound right. <laughs> what is it? Is it 1230, 1220? What? Or 12? What time is it? It's 12 right now, right? It's time to close. I'm serious. I lost track of time. I didn't. <laughs> my, my. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Lord had another direction for us this morning, didn't he? Praise God. Every uh, situation that we encounter, the just are to live by faith. We are to walk by faith. That's a choice. And it is the complete opposite of walking by sight. Now, uh, the scripture said that man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, which is another revelation. He always functions by faith. Aren't we glad he does? Because we can be a flesh mess of mistakes and ignorance and everything, and he looks at us by faith, calls us sons of God, victorious one. He sees the end from the beginning, and he's not moved by this mess in front of him right now. He's confident we'll come out of all of that, we'll outgrow it, We'll overcome it and be the glorified ones he's ordained that we be. Well, glorified ones function like he does. We do the same thing. We can look at, so the more spiritual you are, the less you focus on the outside. The less you pay attention to what you feel and see in the natural. And you're not, you're not focused on the imperfections or the lack of development on the outside. You'll detect things in people's hearts that are valuable. You'll detect gifts and callings that they don't even know they have yet and that are completely undeveloped. And you'll, you'll see that more than you see the rough exterior. And in every situation, you're spiritually minded, not carnally or naturally minded. And you deal with the spiritual cause, not just with the symptoms. And the result, to be carnally minded is death and distraction, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. People are falling apart about the problems they see on the outside, but you won't even be distressed. Because you're seeing overcoming it and victory in the spirit. And you go ahead and call it the way God says, even though it doesn't look like it at all. It doesn't feel like it at all. You can be in the worst shape financially, but if you'll let the word of God get in you, you can see yourself completely out of debt, 
See yourself in the best shape you've ever been in. See yourself being able to give large offerings to the churches and ministries and help people in need. But if you're just going to walk by sight, you're going, I got bills. I got bills. I've got bills. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. Walking by sight. Come on, would you let the Lord quicken you right now? Say it out loud, I call every bill paid. I call every need met. In Jesus' name. The Lord's bringing me into the best shape of my life. Hallelujah. Is that his will or not? Is that his will or not? Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why would that be so? Well, you got to be in a position to give. It's great to receive when you have a need. It's great that you got your needs met, but there's another level. Oh, come on, are y'all with me or not? There's another level. In, in When God delivered the uh, Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, they went through the wilderness. And he supernaturally provided for them there. But it was a dry, barren place. S- miracles caused bread to come out of the sky, water out of the rock. But they only had just enough. When they went out and gathered the manna, you remember that? He that gathered a lot didn't have too much. He that gathered a little didn't have too little. It was just enough and it came every day. They lived basically from day to day. You might say check to check. Y'all with me? From, uh, you know, the income of the the food to income. But that wasn't God's uh, ultimate plan for them. Wilderness living is just enough. Even miracles that enable you to survive. That's not God's highest and best. There was another place. Oh, come on, y'all. There was another place. It was Canaan's land. It was the land that flowed with milk and honey. It was a too much land. It was a too much land. What do you mean? They found one cluster of grapes. It was so big, it took two men on a pole to carry it. I said, too much grapes. Too much grapes. He said, it's a land where you will want for nothing. A land that flows. Can you see the progression? In Egypt, they had not enough. Not enough. They didn't even own their own self. They didn't own the rags on their back. They were property. God delivered them. He brought them out with a mighty hand. Hallelujah. He healed them and brought them out with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. But that next place was the place of just enough. And they experienced that longer than they should have. But God's plan was always to get them into the land of more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. Just enough is not enough for you to bless others. You got to have more than you need to bless other people. Come on, are y'all with me or not? 
You got to have way more than you need to bless others. People say, well, I don't, no, I don't care about all that. If I just got enough for me and mine. I say, well, what about everybody else? Nobody said you had to keep it all. Jesus said, it's more blessed. Hmm? I like blessed. I want some more blessed. How about you more, more blessed? You got blessed? And then you got more blessed. I tell our people in church all the time, I say, we're so blessed. The blessed people call us blessed. You got blessed and then you got, what's, what's more blessed? Let's, let's keep it in Jesus' words. It's more blessed what? To give. To give. All your needs are met. All your stuff is paid for. Your family's good. And you got abundance above that to help others in need, to preach the gospel around the world. And I started all, I said all that attached to this. You might have nothing right now. You might be in the hole with all kind of debts. You can walk by sight. You can say it's impossible. Or you can call those things that be not as though they were. And by faith you can see God bringing you out. Come on, can you see it or not? You can see God bringing you out to the place where not only your needs are met, He's using you to relieve others in their distress. He's using you to finance kingdom projects. Come on, can you say amen? You. God, God's not looking for people with a bunch of money. He's looking for people with faith. He's looking for people that will obey Him and listen to Him. He will use you. He will use you. If you're willing. If you're willing. Come on, say it out loud if you're willing. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. Here am I, Lord. Use me. I call every bill paid. I call every debt paid off. Use me, Lord, to bless others. To be an instrument, the more blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brandon.org.au.